Welcome to Broken Roads Radio with your host, Jason Zedlitz. But I'm sure there's a lot of roads and paths that you've walked down that I don't even know. And like I said, I don't know what you're wanting to share today, but I'm definitely glad for you coming on the show. So let's just dive right into it. Born in Henderson, Texas, and my parents were very loving parents, and everything seemed like a normal household until I was about nine or 10 years old. And at nine or 10 years years old, I was molested by my grandpa for a period of two years. And during that time, I was really confused. I was trying to figure out what exactly was happening, And he always told me that if I said anything, that he would kill my family. It was a very uh, scary time for me. And I didn't know how to escape. I didn't know how to escape the nightmares. My grades were suffering, and I was a straight A student. I, I never had a problem in school. One day, I just had enough, and I decided that I was going to end my life at I was 11 years old, and I wrote a suicide note at school. And I gave it to a teacher, and as a teacher I trusted, and I said, I'm gonna kill myself because I need help. And because the school was involved, they were required to turn my story into the police. The state of Texas got involved. I felt like that, I was really desperate. I was desperate for help. I had went to my parents and I finally broke my silence and my mom just couldn't believe it. My dad initially, he was angry. He was gonna go hurt him and he was ready. And then this, this, this went on for about several months when the police got involved, the state got involved, the school was involved. They were trying to figure everything out. But one thing that I remember out of that experience is my current pastor driving one hour to my house to talk to me and pray for me. And at that moment, I just felt like, okay, everything's going to be okay. God's going to help me through this. My parents are going to get me help, and I'm going to be all right. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen the way that I hoped it would happen because my my grandmother decided that she was gonna tell everybody that if her husband went to jail, she was gonna commit suicide. And my dad and my mom, they didn't know what to do. And they decided that, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna not press charges. And I was forced to sign a, a, a statement saying that I recanted my story, even though that I didn't want to. But I felt like I was obligated because I lived in my parents' house. And at that moment, I was crushed. And I, and I, I began to build so much bitterness and almost hate towards my parents because I felt like they weren't taking my side. They weren't protecting me because I still had to go to these family gatherings with him being there. I almost felt like my mom and dad didn't believe me. And I felt other family members didn't believe me either because they were like, well, why didn't, ha- why didn't this happen to other people? Why were you the only one? When I decided that 
I was ready to move out and get married, I decided that I was going to try to get back at my parents for them not loving me the way that I thought they should. I was going to do what I could to hurt them. And my way of hurting them was getting out of church because I was raised in church. I was raised, you know, to marry marry a person inside the church and to do everything that was right. I met this guy. He was nine years older than me. I decided that I was gonna marry this guy. I'd only known him for a couple months. Did I love him? No. But I was gonna prove to my parents that I was going to get out of church and just do whatever I wanted to do. So I asked my I asked my dad, I said, what do you think about this guy? He said, don't, do not marry, do not marry him. I didn't listen. And that began a long, long, very self-destructing road. I even went to my pastor at that time. I said, you know, you th- I think I can marry him. He's like, no you, no, you can't because you cannot change him. And what happened was I ended up marrying him and he, He ended up changing me because I thought, man, I can change this guy and I can get him in church and everything will be right and we'll have this happy life. It didn't happen that way. I decided to marry him even though everybody told me not to. And for one month, it was fine. And then after that, the violence started. He started verbally abusing me. He even physically abused me and he he hurt Kaylee one time and it just I knew I was kind of stuck but in my mind I was going to prove to my parents that I could make it work because I just wanted to cause so much hurt towards them because of what they did to me and we were we were married I got pregnant early on and after I got pregnant I knew that I was kind of stuck because I I wanted out, but I was kind of stuck because I was pregnant and I knew that I was wanting, I knew I had to try to make it work for my daughter. But the more I tried, the worse it got. There's been times when I didn't know if he was gonna come home angry. I didn't know if he was gonna come home um, mean. And usually it started when he started to drink. When he was drinking, he got mean. And we were both, we were toxic for each other. He is, a, he is a nice guy away from me. But once me and him get together, it was just, it was very toxic. I guess after many, many phone calls to the police, the police knew me by name. They already knew what they were coming into. They were coming to break up a fight. During that time when we were together, his drinking led to my drinking. So I began to drink just to escape that environment. He was born Catholic, raised Catholic, so me having my religion, it didn't mix. So he told me I needed to either pick being in church or pick him. I decided that I was gonna pick him for a little while. I picked him, went to parties, we, actually started this open relationship with other people. So we've had many different partners in our marriage. I was miserable. I was so miserable, but every time that I was doing what I was doing, what he wanted me to do, 
there's all there's this voice in my head saying you don't belong here you don't belong here you don't belong here that just kept going over and over and over in my head and my parents they did everything right raising me in church but I just stepped away because of the hurt I guess that my breaking point was when me and him were fighting and I was drinking he was drinking and he called the police on me because I had tried to get my keys away from him because I was dead I was gonna leave I was gonna get in my car and leave and I was drunk I had no business even getting in the car but I was so mad at him and he called the police and they came and arrested me and I went to jail and when I was in jail they threw me in the detox cell with this another girl that was worse off than me and I was laying on the concrete floor and I said God if you get me out of this I will serve you because it was miserable being in a cold jail cell on a concrete floor and I called my parents I called my dad I called I called everybody I knew to come get me out of jail and they said we can't help you we cannot help you and once I got out of jail I guess it was 24 hours later I decided okay I am gonna go back to church and I didn't go back to church right away I decided that I was gonna see how long I can tough it out one day I decided I was gonna go for a run because I used I used to run every morning at five o'clock in the morning and one day I was gonna run this day was a Sunday and I had gotten up at seven and I went for a run and God spoke to me and said hey make it to church today. You don't have time to make it to church. I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing. And he kept going, make it to church today. So I got home from my run. It was nine o'clock. I said, there's no way I have time to get ready for church, God. So I don't think I, I can go. And the, And the thought just kept going in my head, make it to church today. I said, okay, God, I'm going to go take a shower, and I'm going to get ready. And if I have enough time, I'll go. So I started getting ready. It seemed like time actually stopped, because when I was done getting ready, it was 9.15. There's no way in the world that I could take a shower and get ready, change clothes, but that was just enough time for me to make it to church. I got in my car, and I drove to church, and not a single red light. And that never happens to Tyler. I drove to church and I sat on the back pew and I said, okay, God, I'm here. Don't speak to me, don't do anything. I'm just here, just leave me alone. I did what you asked. And that didn't happen. Song after song after song was about the blood, about how God can cleanse you from every wrongdoing and he, he offers forgiveness. So I got a little emotional in the songs because anybody who's been in church and steps away and goes back to church knows that it just takes the right song to play and then all these flood of memories come back. The preacher started preaching and I said, okay, this is it, God, you've done your thing. The preacher started preaching about Calvary and how God shed his blood for our sins so we may be forgiven 
and there is forgiveness at the cross. And I just completely lost it. I said, okay, God, I need your help. Because I was addicted to alcohol. I could not go a day without drinking. I was going broke trying to fend for that habit. But I would always go to bed with one and wake up with one and would never stop. So I said, I have to need your help with that addiction. He said he would carry me all the way. So I went to the altar and I repented of my sins and God refilled me with the Holy Ghost that day. It was September 15th, 2015, that I got back in church. This has been Broken Roads Radio. Stay tuned next week as we dive into even more amazing stories.